Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 38, that's my age right now, of the Badland Girls. I'm Rhea. And I'm Destiny. And it has been a while since Destiny and I have chatted on the podcast because uh, Destiny's been having a summer of fun, and I've been having a summer of none. Aww. <laughs> That's that's sad. I don't want you to have a summer of none. I want you to have a summer of fun with me. I know, but this summer has been kind of shitty, and uh, there are certain things that make it better, but I am trying to live vicariously through Destiny, who I think is having a summer of fun. Am I right? Are you having a summer of fun? You are. You are correct. I... Uh, <laughs> have been dating and that's been really fun uh grad school not so much fun i'm in a really hard class this summer mm. um i just tanked a test i'm like Bleh. oh no <laughs> feeling, yeah not feeling too good about this class but i'm gonna you know email my professor try to get some help okay. and try to turn things around for myself yeah i trust that you will you're always so proactive in that area so i know that I you're i I know that you put yourself in good hands. So, thank you. Yeah. Well, I have uh, my Shelly Johnson coffee mug full of Coke Zero. And uh, <laughs> I am ready to talk about just some things. This is a very casual, I mean, this podcast is casual. and But, yeah, we're chilled. <laughs> and, uh, but we're just going to have an even chiller, chiller podcast where we're just going to talk about what we've been into lately. Um, and what's been going on in our lives, I have been, since I'm having a summer of none, as I've decided to call it just to rhyme with Destiny's summer of fun, <laughs> I've been in, <laughs> I've been immersing myself into a lot of pop culture ridiculousness, so I will talk about that a little bit later, and, but for now, for now, let's get into our regulars. Uh, Destiny, what was the last movie you watched? Last movie I watched was Fugitive Girls, the 1974 sexploitation uh, girls in prison. Uh, not necessarily, I wouldn't call it a romp. Uh, <laughs> just sort of a, a, a classic girls in prison movie that Vinegar Syndrome put on the Arrow streaming network that we watched last night. Um, this is directed by Stephen C. Apostoloff, and it's about these <laughs> women who escape this sort of work camp prison, and one of them committed a crime, or excuse me, was framed for a crime she did not commit, of course. She's the innocent one, and the other ones are bad, you know, they've got all your stereotypes. There's the southern one, who's like super racist against the black one, who's also like super antagonistic towards the southern girl like they just have this weird back and forth that's almost sexual between them and then like you've got the butch lesbian gang leader who like bosses everyone around and knows how to fight and like they escape and they have to take the innocent girl with them because she knows too much and they keep threatening her even though she's been like going along with everything pretty game and then it's also interspersed with these just uncomfortably long awful sex scenes just so many <laughs> gross <laughs> sex scenes what um, oh jesus yeah it's one of those 
for sure. Uh, and there's three different versions of this movie. One has less sex, which is hilarious, called... Um, let me grab the title. Uh, <laughs> okay, so Fugitive Girls is the most explicit version. And then Five Loose Women, I believe... Uh, I don't know what the difference is with Five Loose Women. Wait, and so then, wait, is Five Loose Women the less explicit version? Why did they give it that title? Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm kind of uh, <laughs> confused about that. <laughs> um, okay, hold on. Let's see what... No, yeah, it doesn't say. Oh my but I God. think Wikipedia page has the information, so I'm trying to find that. Give me a second. Sure. Well, I will say mm. while you're looking at that, that the intro, the, the summary reminds me a little of how Kelly Sue DeConnick kind of flipped that trope on its head with her comic Bitch Planet. Where the comic starts oh. off with, like, this weak white woman that keeps trying to tell everyone that she was imprisoned uh, imprisoned wrongly in this space prison of women in the future. And then the twist is, is at the end, uh, that woman gets killed and it's revealed that this black woman is going to be the star of the comic. Which I always thought was very clever. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I read a little bit of that, and I barely remember it, but I do remember liking it. Mm. Um, it's been a long-ass time. Uh, the other thing about this movie that everyone has to know is that the script is by one Edward D. Wood Jr. Oh, my <laughs> God. Was he still alive at this time? Yeah, he okay. was making porn. He was alcoholic and down on his luck. And he has two roles in this film. He plays two different characters. Uh, there's a scene where he's on the phone with one of the characters that he plays, which is very silly. Oh, my um, goodness. They don't have the budget to do the clever, like, cut between them talking to each other. So it's not as funny as it sounds. Oh. There's a lot of things this movie can't afford to do. Like, <laughs> just, they're obviously shooting it at a summer camp when they're in the work camp. Um like, there's a lot of bad day for a night. There's a lot of just really weird car shots. Like, they're obviously cutting scenes where they're driving through a set versus driving through the actual, like, setting. And, or, yeah, it's just, it's a lot. It's very funny. Um, oh, that I, day I, for I, night. I really got to. <laughs> yeah, that day it's for night. really bad. It reminds me of one of my favorite MST3K jokes, which is, uh. Uh, Mike says later in the dead of blue filter night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's how I feel too. Whenever I watch it, there was this funny part where they're like driving and there's like all this red light. Like it almost looks like they're going through the movie taxi driver. And then the next scene, it just cuts and it's just broad daylight. And M turned to me and said, they're in twin speaks, the return. Oh my goodness. <laughs> But yeah, what a ridiculous movie. I don't know who it, who's it for. Like, I don't know if I would recommend it, but I had a good time. Well, that's uh, all there, that there's matters. There's hippies, there's, there's bikers, there's... Uh, the only thing the movie's missing is a lecherous uh, prison warden. That's all it's missing. <laughs> they didn't yeah, the what the heck? For one. Oh, wow. Yeah, not a lot of... Yeah, and the like they claim they're in a penitentiary. It doesn't look like a penitentiary. It looks like a summer camp. It's very oh, that's funny. just the funniest shit I've ever heard. Oh my goodness! Like who knows? They might have been filming it like on, on days when kids weren't there, 
at night. <laughs> like, it just seems like one of those. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Wow. Oh, wow. Well, I took a break from uh, Puppet Master for a little bit. Mostly because Puppet Master is just up and down and fucking sideways in terms of quality. And uh, <laughs> I decided, so I've been um, hanging out with our friends Bruce and Rebecca. And Rebecca has is a little bit older than me. And she has a lot of these weird, really obscure movies that she grew up with. And these movies are interesting to me because they're not cult movies they're like just outside of cult movies so they're kind of in the realm between cult and forgotten and i think that's so fascinating so we're watching a few of those and one of them was actually pretty much a cult movie that one uh is saturday the 14th um it just got re-released in a nice edition (laughs) from uh scream factory but man, it's it's basically you know it's a it's a goofy comedy of of horror movies, and uh, it sounds great in theory. It is absolutely abysmal in in execution. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I was so excited to watch it, and I was so let down. Um, and then the other one is one that is just oh my god, it's abysmal. It's called Holy Moses. Holy is spelled W-H-O-L-L-Y. And it's trying to be a Life of Brian kind of satire about, you know, a religious theme. This one being Moses. But I don't know what happened. <laughs> I need to look it up. But, like, it's it felt like they wanted to go slapstick. But then it... How did Bruce describe it? It's like a movie that had the idea of jokes but didn't know how to execute them, starring Dudley Moore and a bunch of really famous comedians of the time, like like uh, Richard Pryor and Madeline Kahn has an appearance. And oh, <coughs> excuse me, Dom DeLuise has a literal one minute cameo <laughs> in this, and it's just and it's just like I don't understand. And it is so boring and it has a weird (laughs) religious message at the end of the movie that doesn't make any sense or fit in with the tone of the movie. And I remember turning to Tracy and I was like, Tracy, what the fuck did you think of that? And she's like, I fell asleep. And I'm like, what? You fell asleep? (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, her and Bruce fucking fell asleep during this goddamn movie while Rebecca and I were watching it wrapped. And I was like, oh. It was boring. It, it was boring. I was in shock. Like, oh my goodness. I, that I, was funny. I just, it was just a weird, weird movie about a guy that thought the burning bush was talking to him on the mountain and tried to, you know, do what Moses did. But it was so badly executed like i'm almost in shock a movie like that was made and had that many big actors in it like i expect it from like you know a movie that has like you know a b actor as their star actor or like an mst3k type movie but this movie had so many big actors in it and it was it was it starred dudley moore and lorraine newman and i just yeah i'm just like what the hell happened to this movie anyway so that's been an adventure to find these weird uh, off cult. I don't know how else to call them, but they're like off cult movies. 
Yeah, that's funny. Wow. Oh, boy. Huh. Well, shall we move on to our jam? Yeah! Okay. And now it's time for... Ah, oh, Badland oh, Girl. Badland Girl. That, that's, that's my, my jam. jam. Destiny, what is your jam? My jam is this cool synthy punk song called Fall Asleep by Big Joni, who is this cool trio of black feminist punkers. Um, they're from London. Oh, I know them. And Ooh. yeah, I had never heard of them. A friend, uh, a new friend I made uh, put... Uh, them on a playlist they made me and I've been digging it uh, they're great um, so I've been listening to that and I've been listening to a lot of like other than that like just a lot of rap music a lot of Kendrick Lamar a lot of ASAP Rocky it's fun nice nice uh, <laughs> why why rap at this time just something that came across your Spotify uh, one of my friends uh, I have a friend who calls me like once a month He's in the military, and we like to catch up. And he was—he said something offhanded to me, like that was like, "I just don't get rap." And I was like, "Well, I've been kind of listening to it. I think it's pretty good." So I made him a playlist of like thirty-ish of my favorite hip hop songs of all time, and I could not stop listening to this fucking playlist that I made him. Oh, that's so uh, cool! Yeah, so it just kind of warped into that and then I just kind of started looking for tracks on my own based on like whose verses I liked if they featured in something mm. um, and just like I don't know I'm kind of one of those people like I don't really like a song right away I have to like or in order to like a song right away I have to like the sample or the hook uh, to get me into like the rap <laughs> oh interesting so that's what a lot of my favorite rap songs have in common they just they're really catchy Mm. Um, but that's. Just I like that me. too. But yeah, no. Uh, but yeah, Big Joni is the jam, though. That that's that's where I am, also nice. as well. Nice. What's your jam, Ria? Well, we're about to get into Basic Bitchville, which is so expected of me these days. I feel like I apologize, listeners. I promise the next time we record an episode, I will just only be listening to hardcore punk. I feel like. I don't right. even know who I am anymore. <laughs> You're not allowed to put yourself down, one. Two, uh, sometimes you like a basic thing and that's okay. Like, I was just telling M yesterday, I'm like, it feels really cringy to like wings, but I think I like wings. <laughs> <laughs> I love wings. As in Paul McCartney's band. Yeah, no, I don't know. There's something like weirdly, I don't know. I just think it's kind of, they're, they're a little embarrassing. But they are. <laughs> Band on the run. On the run. You're not supposed to, I don't know, be my age and like wigs, in my opinion. But no, uh, no you, don't have to, you don't have to impress these listeners. Just be I know. Yourself. I know. I'm having a summer of none. And that's why I, I had to couch it in that. But okay. So like, um, I, I don't know. I, I'll explain it more later uh, when we get into what, have we, what we've been into. Or I guess I can do it now. Well, I can do whatever I want. I can fucking. It's your podcast with me, and I, I say, do whatever you want. <laughs> Throw off my shirt. I can do whatever the fuck I want. So, um. So there I was. Barbecue sauce on my titties. <laughs> that was such a great line. <laughs> it's from the. I don't even know what it's from. It's like a Tumblr post or something. It's from Orange is the New Black. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. I've never seen that. Neither have I. Um, so, as you know, or maybe you don't know, maybe I have to be the one to guide you through this, but BTS went on hiatus, which was quite surprising (laughs) (laughs) to all of us. I had Destiny and Tracy, my two best friends, reach out to me both. And are you okay? <laughs> I just heard yeah, the One of my Twitter friends was like having a meltdown. And I was like, what's going on? So-and-so is really posting a hell of a lot about BTS and being sad. And then I Googled it. And I was like, oh, shit, I got to text Rhea. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks, hon. I appreciated it. So basically, uh, BTS has this thing called Festa every year. And they had theirs a few months ago. Uh, a month ago, which celebrates when they debuted as a K-pop group. And they release a lot of like behind the scenes videos and they have a little dinner that they record where they talk about, you know, stories and stuff. And everyone was expecting them to announce a world tour. And instead they announced they were going on hiatus and the leader RM Namjoon started crying and he's, I've never seen him cry. And so, like, everyone was just taken aback and was not expecting, like, this to happen. And, of course, after it came out, there was some, there was lots of articles about it. Of course, everyone said they were taking a long hiatus. But then uh, the company they work for or that they're signed with said, "Uh, this is just their chapter two. They're still going to do stuff together, but they just want to focus on solo projects right now. And uh, it's all very interesting. So they have like this variety show where they play goofy games called Run BTS. And I watched it. It's a lot of fun. And they're still going to get together and do that. And uh, but like for the most part, as far as like new music goes, like that's not going to happen for like a long while. Uh, They are focusing on solo projects right now. And um, so that was heartbreaking. But then like uh, the day after they they announce this they start going buck wild now imagine if you will <laughs> living in victorian times and seeing a bit of ankle is like the sauciest thing you see and then you get transported right. to today and somebody's wearing shorts and you you have a heart attack because you you just never seen that much skin So that's basically (laughs) what happened with BTS, because as you know, Destiny, most boy bands, and this is not exclusive to South Korea, but like most boy bands are pretty chaste, right? They are, you know, because they're tailored for a young audience. And so they might have some suggestive songs, but not too suggestive. And they're very uh, clean cut and kind of pure. Well, apparently when BTS entered into chapter two, they just threw all of that out the window. All of a sudden, these chaste little images of them where they used to put, like, they used to put, like, uh, what I like to call chastity stickers anytime they would lift up their shirt or something so that you wouldn't see their abs or anything in a behind-the-scenes video. Well, now all of Uh them are basically just posting thirst traps on Instagram. And uh, (laughs) ARMY is losing their fucking minds because it's basically, like... (laughs) We were all living in a Victorian button-up society, and now they're just throwing off their shirts whenever they fucking want to. And ARMY is, <laughs> is about, is losing their fucking minds. Like, one of the most conservative of them posted a, a, a selfie, not selfie, a picture of himself without a shirt on, just his back. And the meltdown I witnessed on Twitter about that was 
astronomically hysterical. And, you know... That is funny. So, it's very interesting just to see this, like, er all these girls are like, I can't! All these people are like, I can't survive chapter two of BTS. But it's fun because (laughs) I I feel like them getting away from that boy band image is allowing them to grow up in a way that they hadn't been able to do in a very long time because of the kind of restrictions of being in a boy band. So that's really exciting. Also, they are releasing a bunch of uh, new music. My favorite member of the group, J-Hope, is releasing a solo album. And uh, his album... uh, he hasn't had one for a really long time and I'm very excited and the music video came out for it and it is like the the rap is very very hard rock in a very cool way not in a lame not in a dorky limp biscuit way although I still kind of roll hard to some of those stupid songs if you can fucking believe it and then but like oh, the day they overturned Roe v. Wade I was like man I'm kind of in a limp biscuit mood <laughs> angry yeah and so uh his song is really good uh more it's a kind of like a hard rock kind of rap which makes me think by the way side note again that a lot of people owe a lot of dues to body count ice t's heavy metal rap band i feel like oh hell yeah he was way ahead of his time there um anyway but that i know that's a whole long thing that's not my jam so to get into my basic bitch uh get back in the lane of what I'm talking about, Jungkook uh, featured on a song by this artist named Charlie Puth, who is a young white American artist who is, I don't know, I I don't really know much about male singers, pop singers, because I usually only listen to women pop singers because I like them better. And uh, so I I guess he's kind of like a, like in the same genre is Harry Styles. I do not like Harry Styles music, by the way. Uh, I've never listened to it. Yeah, it, it doesn't. I don't like it. Or maybe a Shawn Mendes. I don't know about his music either. So I, I was don't like, know who, I, like, I barely know what that guy sounds like. Yeah, I don't I don't think I've ever heard one of his fucking songs. So the song was really good. I was like, oh, this Charlie Puth guy is pretty talented. So let me look him up. And apparently he's like grew up as a jazz pianist. And he produces a lot of his own music. And he has this extremely charming personality and has a huge TikTok following where he posts a lot of uh, shirtless material. I think we need to start a GoFundMe (laughs) to get him a shirt. And he is extremely horny, but in a very cute way. Usually I don't tolerate that in white dudes because I'm just like, I'm tired of you but his horniness is absolutely (laughs) charming and kind of raunchy and all of a sudden i'm super into this dude and i really like his music i think it's (laughs) way more sophisticated and i'm like who who am i i'm like who the fuck am i anymore (laughs) and the song that really hooked me was a song from his second album called boy where he talks about uh falling in love with an older woman and she wants nothing she doesn't want to get serious with him because he's too young and it has a jazz piano solo which is amazing and i really like it and he has a new album coming out in october and i'm really looking forward to it so that is my jam boy by charlie puth and that was a long fucking road to get there thank you for listening (laughs) (laughs) it was a winding road but we got there we got there i'm trying to look this guy up 
He just looks like a guy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he has that thing that I like, apparently, where if you, you can be, you can, you know, be thirst trappy as long as you have, like, this doe-eyed face. And he has these gigantic doe eyes. And I'm like, God damn it. Put those away. <laughs> Take them out of your eye sockets and put them in your pocket. And I just, like, ugh. Yeah, I don't know. It grew on me because at first when I saw him, I'm like, yeah, yeah, all right. And then the next thing I know, I'm just like, hmm, I have a lot of his videos favorited and my favorites on TikTok. What the fuck? So (laughs) there you go, everybody. That's what I've been into. But yeah, I'm looking forward to this album. I think it'll be a fun to listen. Uh, he He got famous on TikTok over the pandemic because he made these videos like what if there was a song that started like this? And then he starts like humming a line. And then it was really cool just to watch how his brain works of like, I heard this sound or I had this melody in my head and this is, this is how I write it. And he's an excellent pianist. And so just to kind of see his process and how it works is really cool to me. I really enjoy that. Yeah. No fun. Fun. Glad you're, uh, having fun yeah that's the thing that's like keeping me on the event horizon of this summer of none just trying to lift my other leg up so i can roll over out of it you know just (laughs) one leg in the summer of none and then the other one i'm like come on do it (laughs) but yeah uh after that long talk about jams uh we wanted to just kind of discuss some stuff that we've been into. And one of the things that Desi and I has really have really been into, and it just ended, is uh, Strange New Worlds. Now, before we get started, Desi, did this get renewed for a season two already? Because I can't remember, and I forgot to look it up before the show. <laughs> yes, it did. Okay, good. Okay, good. Thank God. Because <laughs> I need it. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's so good. Y'all, they finally made a Star Trek that's just them going to planets encountering space mysteries and you know talking shit out like that's all i need i need just star trek as star trek and strange new worlds is star trek as star trek (laughs) yeah that's you know i mean like i love discovery but i will admit it is not it's a it's a new evolution of star trek but i'm happy to go ahead oh no i was gonna say it's more about like exploring and deconstructing and like kind of uh, it's just, it's just a different thing and it's not bad. Like I, I, I haven't finished it. Like I'm only two seasons in, so I can't really speak to it like where it is now, but yeah, it's just a different thing. And, and what I like, I like more is episodic silliness. And, and that is what strange new world had to offer. Yeah. What were you going to say? I was just going to say that discovery is, I, I'm happy to see that despite the direction that discovery is going in, um, they still wanted to create a show that was that was like this, that was episodic. And I'm, I'm happy at whoever's behind the scenes at Star Trek and that they value those kinds of stories because those kinds of stories are cool. And seeing them with this crew, some familiar, some new, is very exciting. And uh, I, I, I love the, the new characters and, like seeing some characters that maybe didn't get to shine as often as they should have in the original series, like uh, Lieutenant Uhura is really, really captivating to me. And I really enjoy it a lot. 
I think we're going to get into some spoilers. Yes, yes. I want to talk about specific episodes and specific characters. So if you have not seen Strange New Worlds, I would recommend. Uh, are we going to put in a timestamp? How do you want to do it? I'll put in a timestamp. Maybe like. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say we put some music in or something. I don't know. But like we'll timestamp and you can um, resume the episode at a certain point. Which we'll put in. Yes. So I'm going to pause for, or not pause, but I'm going to make be quiet so she can put in the timestamp here. Hello, the timestamp is at 35.50. Bye. And then, uh, okay, let's talk about it. So who's your favorite character and what's your favorite episode of season one? Um, My favorite character uh, is uh, La'an. I did not think she was going to be my favorite character, but she 100% is my favorite character. And I don't know if she's coming she's back because she left at the end of the season to go help that kid. I hope she comes back. And uh, uh, do you know if she's coming yeah. back? I don't know. I, I I didn't look at any spoilers or anything or not spoilers, but you know what I mean? I didn't look at any information about the next season. I, um, ooh, who's my favorite character? But yeah, no, she's great. I like her because that actress looks crazy young. Yeah. And like she's like this cool tough like yeah, she's just been through it. I really like her. Um Ahura is amazing like you said. Mm-hmm. I really like that they've given her so much and like they've established a lot of things like the reason she and Spock do music together kind of is hinted at in this show. And uh just like little things, but I think my favorite character is Nurse Chapel. Oh, that's such a good character too. Like she's weirdly complex. Um, what were you gonna say? I was just gonna say, like you were saying with Uhura, they did a lot in this season to show why Nurse Chapel is secretly in love with Spock. And yeah, they did a lot of things in, they took a lot of modern storytelling to certain elements of Star Trek that I appreciated and Nurse Chapel and Cadet Uhura are two of them. And then the other one is, uh, Spock's wife. Like they gave so much care to show how healthy their relationship was which makes what happens to that relationship later even more heartbreaking. Yes, that's all I could think of on that ridiculous, wonderful episode where they body swap. Yes. Um, which is probably my favorite episode in the entire season. <laughs> um, I love everything they're doing with Spock. Yeah. I at first was kind of wary, wary. I was like, mm, I don't know. Like, he's so much more human acting. But I realized that he's younger. He's, like, still trying to figure himself out. He's not going to have all his shit on lock yet. He's not going to have, like, a sure sense of self. I really like the kind of different sides of Spock they've been showing. Yeah. I really like that actor. I think he's really cute. Um, Yeah. I really, I, I'm digging. I'm digging the, the new Spock. I'm digging him. Uh, my favorite episode was uh, the one with about Mbenga and his daughter, where everybody was suddenly in old Regency clothing. It's such an old Star Trek trope to do stuff yes! like that. But then also... I was like, is this a silly costumes episode? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> it's totally a silly costumes episode. But in the best kind of way, because I was deeply moved by the end and actually cried at the solution of that episode. So that made me happy. 
And I'm, I'm really happy well, the, they resolved that thing with his daughter. Uh, without it being tragic? Yes, exactly. Well, like, Mbenga, that actor has, like, the sweetest demeanor. And, like, whenever he cries, I want to cry. Like, mm. I can't handle, like, his emotions for some reason. If he, like, is sad, like, anytime he has anguish over his kid, I was like, Ugh. like, I would get reclaimed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I get it. Oh, my God. For real. Yeah. Good cast. Good cast. Um, I um, really like uh, Christopher Pike, too, as uh, basically Space Dad. With his uh, yeah, cooking, cooking. And, <laughs> and everything else. I'm like, Space Dad, I love you. Folksy stories. Yes. Folksy tales. Yeah, I really like that too. I liked Hemmer. I thought Hemmer was cool. I'm sad he's gone. Yes, I really liked Hemmer as well. Um, but yeah, I, I even liked... Uh, so the big surprise of the finale was that uh james t kirk shows up and it's stefan from (laughs) vampire diaries not looking or acting at all like stefan because stefan was really brooding and sad all the fucking time have have you seen vampire diaries listeners because if you if you haven't you just have to watch one season if you want to continue it's on with Battle Girls. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, the first season it's is great. It's actually pretty solid. <laughs> yeah, like, I really liked Vampire Diaries. I never finished it, and I never went into the spinoff. But, like, Vampire Diaries, if you were a Buffy fan, and you don't mind, like, a little, like, eye-rolly teen shit in your... Well, I mean, if you're a Buffy fan, you don't mind that at all. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so, you're gonna like Vampire Diaries. Um... But yeah, I didn't recognize him because he just was his demeanor was so different as Captain Kirk that I was like, that guy looks familiar. Those eyebrows look familiar. And M looked him up and, and was like, oh, yeah, he was on the Vampire Diaries. He played Stefan. And I was like, of course that was Stefan. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, I think Sam Kirk is hilariously doofy. I'm really glad that he's in the show. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Especially considering, like, his appearance in the original series was, like, a goofy gag where you just saw him dead, uh, and it's it's William Shatner with a mustache, and it's like, okay, okay. This is yeah, so 1960s. Very silly. <laughs> yes, it is. And then, like, oh, the Cybok reveal in the fucking Goofy Spock episode. Oh. Like, uh, uh, uh. uh. <laughs> Yeah, it's just an excellent show. It it really it really is really good at doing like the kind of classic Trek kind of stuff. And I feel really emotionally invested in these characters and their stories. And interestingly, I um my mom uh likes the show Orville, which is Seth MacFarlane's um basically fan fiction of Star Trek the Next Generation. I'm going to watch that. Yeah. Uh and uh I was uh, watching an episode, and of course, I'm just kind of, like, dipping in, uh, you know, not having watched it in quite a while, but, like, I, uh, I, I really just, like, they were doing kind of this time travel, uh, fucking the timeline story in Orville, and it just did not have any of the warmth or, or kind of, like, uh, kind of sympathy that I'd seen you know, tackling some of these kind of harder topics of like what's what's right versus what's good, 
uh, that I've seen Strange New Worlds tackle. And to see, it just really kind of put in stark relief that I'm just like, eh, this sh- it's not, it's good, I guess, but it's not Star Trek. So I, right, I really yeah. appreciate Strange New Worlds for giving me this thing that I didn't even really know that I was missing. Cause I really like, cause like I said, I really right. like discovery. I like it. I like it a lot. Although I will say when I'm watching discovery, sometimes I think of the first season and I'm like, God, that season was bad compared to what it is now. <laughs> and, uh, but like strange new worlds gave me what I was missing. And I honestly think that Orville is an, is a weird show. Cause it was a Fox show. And I think they were, they, uh, this is just my assumption based on how the show's tone has changed. But, like, when the show started, it was highly comedic. But then as the show went on, it got more and more serious, but still funny. And then uh, Fox canceled it, so they're having their last season on Hulu. And it is just dead serious now. Like, no humor at all. And I think that's what Seth yeah, MacFarlane wonder... wanted in the first place, was to make a serious, like, a next generation type show. I was just about to say, and they weren't going to let him because they were like, you're Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. And I just think that Star Trek uh, IP picked up on that, was like, you know what? We're going to make the show that you tried to make, but we're just going to make it good because it's Star Trek. And also we're going to do a goofy show and it's going to be way better than yours. And it's called Lower Decks. So, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> Lower Decks. That's how I feel about that. <laughs> I'm just going to yell Lower Decks. <laughs> Love it. Glad that got renewed. Yeah, I'm really excited for that to come back. Um, I uh, I have a lot of Star Trek to watch uh, as I'm still making my way through Enterprise for the first time mm-hmm. and TOS. I think we're about two or three seasons into our TOS watching. Okay. And then we still have like most of the animated series. So I still have quite a bit of Star Trek left on my plate. And then we're going to watch Discovering Picard proper. Mm. I don't know. Like, uh, I tried watching Picard. I know. What am I saying? I watched Picard first season, but I didn't watch the second season. My mom loved it. So I probably will go back. It's only going to be three seasons anyway. So I might as well fucking watch it. (laughs) Well, that's why. Yeah, that's why I'm like, I'm going to watch that because it's only three seasons and it's got, you know, like this is a spoiler. Everybody knows like they're going to bring back like Mm -hmm. most of the cast of TNG for that third season. So I have to see it. Yeah. TNG is my favorite totally Star understand. Trek. <laughs> like, why would I miss that? Why would I miss that? There's yeah. no reason for me to not watch that. <laughs> you got me. You got oh, me. Oh, boy. Well, uh, <laughs> besides Strange New Worlds, what else have you been into lately? The only TV shows I've watched. I watched the second season of Russian Doll, which I'm just going to ramble about just for a little bit before I get to the show I actually want to talk or Mm -hmm. that I like intended to talk about but I do want to give a special shout out to the second season of Russian Doll because if you ever watched the first season of Russian Doll you're probably thinking well what the fuck are they going to do in a second season uh but have you seen it I don't want to spoil anything no no I haven't seen it okay so you haven't seen it okay so the first season is about this woman named Nadia who Uh, was raised by this mother who was mentally ill who like died sometime in her childhood or maybe in her like late adulthood they don't really I don't remember if they say when she died but anyway so on her 36th birthday she's having this like huge party 
and her cat goes missing and she steps out to like get cigarettes and she's looking for the cat and she gets hit by a car and dies and then she wakes up and she's in the bathroom at her birthday party and she comes out and she does something and she dies again and so essentially it's the premise of the movie Groundhog Day but to say that is to sell it short completely because it's more about generational trauma and sort of uh mortality like it's a it's a really deep show that's very very funny and very very silly and also very very deeply weird um it's it puts me in the mind of the prisoner um just where the premise you think you've got a grasp on it and then it just goes places um and season Mm. two does that even harder uh because it's got sort of a different premise like a different um weird thing that happens to Nadia and um, the other main character that I don't really want to give away because I think the reveal of this character in the first season is really well done if you don't know anything about the show so I'm just not okay. going to say anything else about them uh, but the stuff they do and it's it's really moving like I cried quite a bit during the last episode of second season and I don't know if they'll get a third season I haven't heard any news but I kind of hope they do because I just want to see what they do. I think yeah. they want another season. I think that's something that they actually have in mind. Uh, so I, I'm curious as to what more they can do with these characters and this like New York that they've built. And um, yeah, I just I love it to pieces. I haven't seen anything like it. It's super good. Natasha Leone is just she's been a crush of mine since I was a kid. And I'm so happy that she's gotten her career back on track and she's like doing gangbusters and she has been for a while now i I just never watched orange is the new black and um but i'm glad she's directing and producing and i know she's got like some movies out that i need to check out and uh yeah super into that show the other show i watched a fuck ton of and i'm not done the season they put out an episode i think is it every week or every other week but the new season season 13 of Mystery Science Theater 3000 is fantastic. And that was the show I intended to talk about. I just realized I have a third show I could talk about. So I'm going to, I'm still going to talk about, I'll talk about Mystery Science Theater 3000 right now. So the like new season has a lot of like little changes. Like they obviously have like a lower budget and they're doing a lot more animation as opposed to having like the cheap, cheap sets. Like, or not I don't know how to explain it like there's a lot of like the sequence where they go into the movie set the movie theater set is animated now and like it's a really cheap like um set but it like puts you in the mind of like those early seasons where they're still on public access and it's very charming um and I really like Emily the third host I like the gimmick that they have to have her and Jonah kind of host the show at the same time uh, to where, you know, it's not like one is being usurped by the other. They're just kind of sharing. They're kind of co-hosting in this, like, really interesting way. And then they do this surprise thing where Joel comes back and does an episode, um, which I haven't watched the movie for that one yet, but that's the one that's out right now, the newest one. And um, the movies have been fantastically bad. Uh, my favorite being the Munchie episode, which is a movie I'm surprised they hadn't already done. Because that movie is like famously bad. 
uh, with Dom yeah, DeLuise. Maybe it was hard to get the rights. Probably. Yeah, I always think I always forget that licensing is like an issue. Um, because even with the streaming service that they have, the Gizmoplex, they don't have all 13 seasons on the uh, app. They only have the first nine seasons. And then they have like special vault episodes that you can pay for. And then there's like a summer pass. And I just bought the summer pass. It was kind of pricey. But like they're trying to not have to do another Kickstarter. And mm. to be sustainable, like they just want to have like this model where people are just buying f- episodes from them and stuff. So I'm happy to support because it's been really good. Like I haven't wa- like no bad episodes yet. <laughs> good. That's great. Yeah. It's like it never left. And and, and, and that's uh, the highest compliment I can pay it. Like, it tweaks it a little bit. Tweaks the formula a little bit, but not in a way that, as a longtime fan, and I'm talking since my fucking childhood, I've watched this show. Um, like, it, it's like it never left. Aww. It makes me really happy. I'm really glad they're back. I, I didn't know I missed them, but I kind of did. Like I, when the pandemic started, all I was doing was watching old episodes. I remember on that Pluto TV. Like, and then I was watching their Twitch channel a lot. Like, it's a comfort show for me. Totally. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just happy it's back. And then, if you'll give me more time to speak. Uh, I, can talk about the, the I yield. I yield my time. I yield my time for you to speak. <laughs> uh, the the new season of the kids in the hall. I'm oh, two episodes, I'm two episodes away from being done. This is another show that shaped me in my formative years. Uh, it was canceled in it started in 1989. It was um Canadian comedy troupe. Lauren Michaels put them on TV. They had a show from 89 to 95 and then Amazon was like, let's just give you another show. And they did have a show. They got together in like 2002 and did a show called Death Comes to Town, which I never got into. It wasn't as funny to me as the sketch show, but I'm going to go back and revisit it since it's all on Amazon Prime now. But um, anyway, the, the new season, the sixth season, it's it's also like they never left. Like, obviously they left and it's about how they left. Like, you know, like it's it, there's a... Okay, so the poignant thing, and I'm just going to spoil this. Uh, okay, so in the very last episode, they all get buried in a grave by Paul Bellini. <laughs> Is this from just, the from the original run? Yeah, yeah. Okay, they get okay, buried okay. alive in the very last scene. Of, like, the end credits is just them getting buried alive. <laughs> so in the beginning of the new episode, the TV producers for, that uh, from Brain Candy are like, Oh, hell froze over this this thing that we never thought would happen happened, and so therefore the pact with the devil uh, says we have to bring back the kids. So they have to go to the grave and bear uh, and, and unearth exhume the kids from the grave, and Bellini's there, and I got emotional. I was like, this Aww. is so beautiful. <laughs> like I'm so glad they're back, and the fact that it's still just as funny and like weirdly warm and like uh, nostalgic without being like. It's nostalgic in a way where it's like, oh, my old friends are here and they're a little different. They're a little older, but they still have the same humor and they're like having a good time. And they're here to like remember, remind you of all the good times while like still having some new, new fun times with you, too. 
And it's just the best feeling. It's the best feeling. Like, they even do this thing in the opening credits where they, like, there's some iconic shots from um, the original opening credits where they kind of, like, show you the same locations now and the same people now. And it's like, oh! It it, it really, like, it was like a, it was a, an instant feel good. Just to sit through those opening credits. So, like, if you care at all about the kids in the hall, you need to watch this new season. Get your hands on it because it is worth your time. There's maybe one bad sketch in all of the sketches, and it's only it was only a bad sketch because I hate poop jokes. And there's a sketch that is literally just all poop jokes, and it made me really (laughs) upset. Um, (laughs) But other than that, pretty much a perfect show. Like, there's this one recurring sketch where a character and it's really hard to describe comedy if you haven't seen it but like essentially it's like a post-apocalyptic world where he's like the last person alive and he's doing a radio station and he just keeps playing this one song on repeat and every time they go back to the sketch uh throughout the episode he just keeps doing that until the power runs out and it's like one of the funniest things i've ever seen in my life oh my god it's so funny it's so dark um but yeah kids in the hall still good what was the third show you wanted to talk about? Oh no, it was it was the Kids in the Hall. But the three shows were. Uh, oh, that's right. Rush, okay, I thought Russian there was another Doll, one. Mystery Science Theater, and Kids in the Hall. Sorry, I probably worded that confusingly. No, you didn't. I think I just misunderstood. Well, I love that. I love I love when a show comes back and it's because you know like a lot of those big shows came back like Will and Grace and shit, and I guess they're yeah. doing a Frasier reboot, and it's just like yeah. and they're all bad. They're all bad. Well, some of that First, shit, we like, we didn't need more of it. Like, yeah, we don't like it wasn't that we needed more. Like, I don't know. Nobody needed more Frasier. Frasier ran for over a decade. Like, yeah, <laughs> the same thing with Will and Grace and Will and Grace is like twofold because I think Will and Grace is terribly dated in a bad way. Yeah. And it, it, I don't know really why they brought gone- it back. It could have gone farther than it did. That was always my problem with that show. Like, they never showed Will kissing another man. They never, like, they should have, like, they were like, ooh, we're going to have a show about gay people. But they just never went far enough for me. Like, they never really yeah. pushed the envelope in a way that, like, a Roseanne did with its gay characters. Mm-hmm. Um, my only tidbit so that, about, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that was always disappointing to me as a Will yeah. and Grace fan. My only tidbit about Will and Grace to kind of give you an idea of how that show was meant to operate was, uh, well, John Barrowman uh, auditioned to play Will. And uh, they didn't hire him because they said he was too gay to play a gay character. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that gives you kind of the idea of that show. Yeah. And I hate that also the actors who play Will and Grace... They're both huge fucking assholes. And uh, <laughs> let's not do that again. <laughs> it's funny because uh, Amazon also did a two-part documentary about the kids in the hall. And Eric McCormick is in it. He's oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Can't stand him. Anyway. I think he's Canadian. Yeah, I, I assume he's Canadian. But anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I, uh, the only reboot that I heard about recently that I care about to the surprise of no one is this goddamn Quantum Leap reboot that's supposed to be coming out. <laughs> and I've read a little bit on it and I'm already hype. Oh, that's amazing. I'm glad. 
I'm so happy that everything that Destiny loves is coming back because she's an important person to me and she deserves the thing she loves. So. Well, a lot of the things I want to come back is because I never got original closure on them in the first place. And Quantum Leap, if you ever watched that show, they leave you on the biggest cliffhanger in that finale. Uh, so if they want to, re- like, I, my whole life, I've wanted them to resolve it, and they're finally doing it. And I hope Scott Bakula is involved. I'm, my prayer is that there's a secret Scott Bakula reveal in this reboot at some point. But I also know that these things are precarious and it could get canceled before it even airs or it'll like only do one season and there won't be any resolution but i'm really really hoping that we get something because i loved quantum leap and i need my closure yeah i hope you get it too thank you (laughs) well for me it's for tv watching i of course watched the latest season of stranger things which is the penultimate season uh because they're ending uh, the next season and uh, I, I'm weird about Stranger Things like it's so big and there's always such a big gap between seasons so I'm like eh, I don't know if I'm as into it as I was before and then I watch it I'm like I'm so fucking into this fuck <laughs> and this season was particularly good if not just because they made running up that hill a number one hit again thank you That's a great <laughs> song, song rules yeah. <laughs> song is so good and it was uh very effectively used in uh in a very emotional episode and i love that it's giving kate bush this like this renewed focus because i'm like if there's an artist that deserves it it is her so i think that's yeah, really unsung. amazing unsung. <laughs> also that song is is so timeless that like, whole I, album I, fucking bangers from the start to the finish. The oh, Hounds I haven't Love, listened to the whole thing. Oh, shit. The Hounds of Love is an amazing album. Like, the title track is probably, like, one of my favorite songs of all time. Nice. Uh, yeah, Kate Bush is amazing. Just nice. always one of those artists that I'm always like, fuck, you're just cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, this was a fun adventure on what Desi and I have been looking at with our eyeballs lately and listening mm-hmm. to with our ear holes lately and you know drooling over on tiktok lately well that's just me but <laughs> yeah, I, was like, um, I haven't opened tiktok in a minute i gotta get my algorithm right well you know that they say like <laughs> it's probably gonna get deleted from the app stores because it's uh the security issues with tiktok are so bad oh my god uh so we probably shouldn't be using it but uh i don't know i don't know any better i don't know any better they're all bad I'm just a girl. I don't know about those things. I mean, like, even <laughs> I knew, like, to, to, to kind of counteract this, but, like, everyone was saying, delete your period app. And I'm like, that's not going to fucking do anything. And then I saw an article said, that's not going to fucking do anything. And I'm like, ah, there you go. All of our data is all so fucked up anyway. Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway, sorry about Roe v. Wade world. But uh, yeah, the Democrats the had 50 years to codify it, and they never did. And uh, don't like that. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, don't even get me started at how disappointing every uh, Democrat has been. For, like, and this isn't new. This is not a new complaint. No, this is no. an old complaint. But, like, it's just more evident than ever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a shame. So if you if you can donate to any like abortion access 
fund or just look and see what's local around your area and do your best to fight like you know we're in for a fight you guys so yeah we are in for a fight and people have been fighting for this for a long time and honestly like it, it encourages me when i see people on twitter and and you know in the social medias like actually holding democrats feet to the fire for not doing anything about this and their inaction and uh because that's important because i still see really dumb statements like one i saw on twitter where somebody said if you voted for trump in 2016 if you no i'm sorry not even that if you did not vote for hillary clinton in 2016 you're the reason why roe v wade got a got repealed <laughs> and i'm like are that is the that, that is kind not, of shit that is that is not the take that is not the take and i'm just like that's the kind of shit that this new leftist movement is trying to combat against that kind of thinking has to go because it's horribly horribly incorrect and i just i'm happy to see uh, without going too angry about it i'm happy to see more people holding democrats accountable my favorite thing is you know uh donate vote democrat is the democrats way of uh saying thoughts and prayers and it really fucking feels like it also the democrats have raised 80 million dollars since the repeal of roe v wade and what have they done you hear that silence yeah exactly 80 million dollars okay this is not a political podcast i'm sorry The personal is political and abortion rights are an issue that uh, we care about. Um, yes. So, yeah. Just uh, um, just think about that. That's important to think about. And uh, it's important to think about stuff like that in a, in a wider context. But like I said, there's a lot of... I, I, I never try and I never praise our officials anymore because they're working for us and they don't deserve it. I praise all the people who have been working so hard since this was passed back in the 70s and are working so hard today to try and help people because those mm-hmm. are the people who get shit done those are the people who change minds in Washington those people are heroes yeah yep uh, I don't really have much to add to that uh, are we wrapping up yeah yeah I'm done watch Strange okay. New Worlds <laughs> watch Strange New Worlds watch Mr. Science Theater watch Kids in the Hall watch uh, Russian Doll, Stranger Things. I'm the only person I know that doesn't like Stranger Things. I started it the first episode and thought it was kind of boring, and I didn't really <laughs> feel compelled to go back. Like, someday if I have time, I'll watch it, but with grad school and my summer of fun, uh, I don't have a lot of time. <laughs> oh, I know I know someone else who doesn't like it. I saw on Twitter. Ooh, and ooh, it is your sister, Tabitha. Oh, my sister? She... <laughs> I love my sister. She said, should I watch it? She's like, I could not get into it past season one. And then you tell me this and I'm like, ah, yes, it all makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Like we have a very similar taste in horror. I think the last movie we disagreed on was the Candyman remake, but her like reasonings for not liking it. I could like, I know we're wrapping up, but she, she had like really valid like examinations of like, or questions like, well, every time there's a black horror thing like it has to be about the horrors of blackness and against whiteness and i would just like a movie about black horror that isn't about whiteness 
in in the way that these things are and and i was like okay that's valid i liked the movie but i understand why you didn't like it and so my sister she's very like really really funny but she's also really really smart um both of my sisters are really smart i love them shout out to tabitha and Brittany. <laughs> anyway we should wrap up uh you yes. should listen to our podcast on your podcatcher if you're, yeah. if, you're, if you're listening to it now, you probably already know that. But tell your friends. Yeah, tell your friends about our show. And write <laughs> us emails at bowlandgirls at gmail.com. Tell us what you think about all the shit we just said. Does someone yeah. else like Charlie Puth? Don't leave me hanging here don't on let, the fucking don't edge let of the Rhea abyss. feel basic. Like, cheer her up. Tell her she's not basic for liking the Charlie Puth boy. Um <laughs> Charlie Puth boy. <laughs> I'm old. Uh, I don't know any of these people. Oh, it was this. I'm such a fucking hypocrite because when I was telling Tracy about this, when he had that duet with Jungkook, I was like, I don't know. He's some Gen Z fucking singer. And now I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> this happens. This happens. Sometimes. Yes. I understand. I respect it. Um, and it's just, uh, yeah. Okay. Find us on social medias, whatever, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, Destiny is on another podcast called Repertory Screenings. And Destiny, what movie are you watching? I don't know in relation to when this comes out, if we will be on this episode. But as of this recording, the next Repertory Screenings is going to be about Paris, Texas. Oh, Paris, Texas. I'm very excited. I've never seen it. It's got Dean Stockwell and Henry Dean Stanton in it. <laughs> That's Harry when you Dean know Stanton. it's good. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. I was like, oh, both of those motherfuckers? I'm in 100%. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, check that out when it drops. And we will be back soon to talk about more stuff. But until next time, always, always pizza, pizza rolls. rolls.